This is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Chris provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Welcome back to Road to Retirement. My name's Chris Anselmo. I'm here with my co-host, Tony Shore. How are you doing, Tony? Well, I'm doing good, Chris. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's been a crazy week at the Shore House. The flu kind of went around again. Uh, I thought we were done with it, but uh, we're all feeling a bit better now. How about you? How was your week? Uh, good. It's going to get better, too. My little girl's coming in from Washington, D.C., so uh, well, she's not so little anymore, but 25. But, uh, coming she's home still from my college? So, she's coming home from college? No, no. She's out of college. She's uh, working in Washington, D.C., and... Uh, interning oh, at wow. uh, Georgetown's International Law School or something wow, like that. Wow, so, that's impressive. Wow. Yeah, so she's the she's the brilliant one. My, my son's just as brilliant, so they they let us know how brilliant they are from time to time. So Oh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm sure they do, and they love us talking about them yeah. on the air. Yeah. They'll listen to this, and they'll then they'll be mad at you. Well, hopefully somebody will listen, right? So, uh, <laughs> right. So right, today, exactly. you know, I... It, you know, you know, I'm an estate planning attorney too. So we run sure. across some topics that people don't like to talk about. So why not talk about them? So uh, today, I thought we'd talk about planning for incapacity. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. No, um, incapacity. What do you the first planning for incapacity? What is incapacity? Uh, well, incapacity is either you become mentally unable or physically unable to take care of yourself. So it might be a stroke. It might be dementia, Alzheimer's, something like that, where you can't take care of yourself. And then, you know, we have issues from a legal standpoint, we have issues. So, um, so they give me an example, uh, you know, let's say Bill, um, you know, is working out and has a stroke, right? And now what do we do legally? Um, his wife, there's, Bill has, let's say a business account that his wife's not on and it's only in his name. She's got to get to the account to pay some bills and, and things like that. And she, she just can't walk into the bank and sign checks and do the things she needs to do to pay bills because the bank's going to say, well, you're not on the account. I mean, no different than Tony Shore going in there and trying to sign on the account, right? So sure. just because you're married doesn't mean you have uh, legally have authority to sign on the accounts. So then what happens? Um, so why you are still alive, believe it or not, you could be in a probate court situation. So if it's a significant long-term care issue, then um, we'll end up having to do what, at least here, is called a guardianship. Some places it might be called a conservator, conservatorship. So, you know, Mary has to go down to the courthouse and say, hey, you know, Bill's uh, incapacitated. Okay, let's prove it. Let's wheel Bill down there and show the judge that he's incapacitated. I need, you know, access to his, his life, basically. So uh, then they'll interview Mary and find out whether or not Mary's capable of being the guardian. And you're like, what? What do you mean capable? So it could be that through the interview process, they find out. So let's say that Bill has this $100,000 account somewhere. 
And they find out through the interview process that Mary's never written a check out in her life because Bill's always taking care of the finances. Mary doesn't know anything about it. And uh, the judge might not appoint Mary. He might say, well, I'm not. So the judge's job really is to protect that $100,000 for Bill and not let Mary just go spend it in Vegas. Right. Because if they right. if they spend all the money or she or Bill doesn't have any money, then, you know, he's going to become a ward of the state and, and the state's going to have to fund it. And they, they don't want that to happen. So so they might appoint Mary and they might not. They might appoint his attorney buddy um, because he's given the attorney buddy 27 of these cases before and they always been done to the penny. So so you never know what's going to happen there. So and, it, and it's time consuming, expensive. Um so if they appoint her every two years, we have to do an accounting, you know, come in two years later, there's $97,327 left in the account. Okay. Where'd all the money go? Well, you know, we, what's this $14 thing? Well, we had to buy them depends. Well, do you have a receipt? No. Okay. That one's out. What's this $8.43? Oh, we went to McDonald's. Got a receipt. Who keeps a receipt from McDonald's? Right. So, so that process is not fun. And it's expensive Yikes. because, yeah. look, you know and I know, the expense always in in the courtroom is us attorneys, right? We're not, you know, if I have to go down to do a guardianship, it's probably four hours of my day, right? I have to, you know, leave here, go down for the nine o'clock hearing, judge doesn't show up till 10, right? So, and then go through the hearing and time I get back to the office, it's noon. So, you know, those, that's I don't know, four or five hours of time just spent on, on getting her appointed. And then we got to go through all the, all the other situations. So it'd be better if before this all happened that they went to an estate planning attorney like myself or someone else and had the proper documents put in place. You know, for, for guardians, for to avoid the guardianship, there's um, two documents because there's, there's a guardianship of the person, which is someone who takes care of the physical person, and there's also sure. a guardian of the estate, which means who takes care of the money. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the same person. So um, oftentimes it is, you know, the guardian, let's say the guardian, does, uh, the court does appoint Mary. So um, so then Mary will get the certificate and she could go into the bank and say, here, uh, uh, Mr. Banker, here's the proper paperwork from the courthouse. Let me in the accounts. Right. So but to avoid all that, it would be it'd be much easier if you went and got your documents done, right? So, you, but you want to go to someone who's knows this area of the law because I've seen a lot of times, I've seen power of attorneys. So let's say Bill gives Mary power of attorney and the power of attorney is not thorough enough because they tried to do it themselves or they grabbed it off the internet or they went to a form store. I think we, we mentioned one on the uh, another show where um, a sister I uh, got a power of attorney from her other sister who and who needed some, uh, she was mentally challenged and she went into a facility and they wanted to sell the house. She wanted to sell the house, but nowhere in the power of attorney did it give her the right to sell the real estate. So, you know, it just, that was a nightmare. So she ended up having to wait till her sister actually passed away to sell the house. So it, I mean, it's easy to avoid this stuff. So, so the two power of attorneys uh, in most state, like here in Ohio, we have some standardized ones for healthcare. So the healthcare power of attorney would say, Tony, I'm giving you healthcare power of attorney over me. So if I can't make my own decision either because I'm unconscious or I just am not mentally able to, that you can step in and make them for me. 
So that that's that's one. The other one's a living will, which says, look, if I'm ever terminally ill or permanently unconscious, I, I don't want to be hooked up to machines, and I don't you know I don't want to be a vegetable for you know ten years. So pull the plug. So those are those are two. Most states probably have standardized documents because what happened over the years, you know, I. I would draft one, another attorney would draft one, another attorney would draft one, and, and and the doctors in the heat of the battle, like, like we don't have time to read these things, right? We we need to operate. We're we going to send this up to legal, and four days later, we're they're going to say, okay, you can you can go ahead and operate. So, so at least here in Ohio, we have standardized documents for those two. That's good. And then uh, then you need a financial power of attorney. So the financial power of attorney is to do obviously all the other stuff, all the banking, deal with the IRAs, deal with the life insurance companies, pay bills, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we've seen power of attorneys come in that are two, three pages. You know, ours is like 25 pages. I mean, there's just wow. so much. I mean, there were, I mean, the silly stuff like um, passwords to accounts, you know, you know, this wasn't really prevalent years ago. So the power of attorneys that were drafted and you said, you might say, yeah, you could go do their banking. And then you go to the bank and the bank says, well, we, we can't give you the password, but it says we can do the banking. Yeah. But it doesn't say we can give you the password. Yikes. Right. So that's crazy. See, that's crazy. Yeah. Literally there's at least here in Ohio. And I think, uh, many, many other States, there's a digital asset, um, statute that you can give access to digital assets. So, I mean, stuff like that, you know, if you don't do it right, if you, you know, you're trying to cheap out, it, it just causes problems, and it's just going to be much more expensive than to to go do it right. Um, the other situations we have are people that hold things jointly. Um, so, you know, let's say Tony, you and I own a piece of property together, and something happens to you where you become incapacitated, or I become incapacitated, and we want to sell the property. Well, how are you going to sign my name? Right. Mm. We got a good buyer. We want to sell the property. Chris is incapacitated. We can't sign the name. So we end up having to go to the probate court to get somebody a point. I mean, it's just, look, you can, you might lose the buyer by then. Right. So, so it's just, it, it, it you just got to get it done. And, um, most of the time people don't think it'll happen to them. I mean, we've talked about this before and, and the statistics are alarming. I mean, we, in another show said that like two thirds of people over seventy are going to end up in a nursing home. Wow, two thirds. So that's crazy. Well, of course, it's got to be the guy to your left and your guy to your right because it's never going to happen. Yeah, it's to you, never right? going to happen to me, right? Yeah. That's and by the time you know, one some of the issues is by the time you actually go into the nursing home, you've been probably disabled for maybe maybe years, right? Mentally, right? Because it's the last ditch effort. We nobody wants to put their loved one in a nursing home. So by the time they go in a nursing home, it's too late probably to get them to sign documents. Right. Because right. once yeah. you become uh, mentally incapacitated, the law says you can't sign a contract anymore because you don't have the wherewithal to do it. So legally you don't have the wherewithal. I mean, you may physically be able to write your name, but if you don't have the wherewithal to know what you're signing, the law says, well, that, that document's not any good. And then we end up in a probate court. So, so we want to do this ahead of time, um, make sure it's thorough. Uh, like we talked about, there's a lot of things that, um, um, the power of attorneys just aren't thorough enough. The other issue we have is, um, you know, HIPAA releases. So when we have, uh, there's an, another document used for HIPAA, um, you know, you might have power of attorney and I wish they would just change the rules, but you might have power of attorney for their healthcare needs, but you don't have 
access to their medical records. You're like, what? <laughs> he told me I could do, be his power attorney for health. Well, we didn't give you the HIPAA release. So, you know, there's another document now that we, we signed to be able to get your medical records. So, yeah, it's kind of, kind of crazy. So you really don't want to end up in a probate court if you don't have to, because it's, it's expensive and it's, it's, it's well, us. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, then a big chunk of the money that you're trying to deal with is going to go, like you said, to attorneys and, you know, the courts, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you can blame us attorneys, but it's because you didn't do anything, right? It wasn't our fault that you didn't do anything. So, like, Yeah, you have to plan ahead, and nobody likes to talk about this. And it's the same with, you know, I'm going through it right now. My mom had lost the use of her left leg, and she has Parkinson's, so oh, now she can't take care of herself. She's... Uh, mentally she's doing great and physically she's gotten better, but she's in full-time care now because, you know, she had, needs help getting up and down and things like this. So it's, it's hard and you, you have to plan ahead for this inevitability for most people. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, again, nobody wants to think about it and oftentimes it's too late once they, once they think about it. Um, we've had situations where, yeah. um, unexpectedly we had a client just last week, uh, got T-boned in a car accident and he's, oh, he's in critical no. condition. They're like, you know, luckily we had documents in place, but you know, the hospital's like, well, well who can make this decision? Well, the spouse can, here's the documents. Okay. Let's, I think he'll recover, but, um, it's, it's just, you know, frightening. Yeah, it's then, tough if they're then, incapacitated even for a little while. And then the other thing is, you know, we, we always keep um, digital copies here, but sometimes people can't find the copies, right? So if you're going to do this, you know, maybe you tell your, your children, look, there's a book on the bookshelf in the, in the home office. It's white, blue, whatever. This is where all the documents are because, and I've been in a lot of houses where mm, they're not so well kept, let's put it that <laughs> way, right? So, I mean- have you, Not organized. Uh, I is mean, what you're saying. Have you ever seen that show Hoarders? Oh yeah, yeah. So you walk in houses like that. It's like, where's the documents? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might tell you, take you three weeks to find them, right? So, right. Um, so either give copies. We we again, we always keep digital copies that we can give them. But um, most institutions want originals, right? Because their their concern is like, if you can't produce the original, well, then maybe he tore it up. Yeah. Right. So, so banking's, banking's always an issue. Um, you know, retirement accounts, not having the right beneficiaries on them and just all that stuff you got to get in order before the time comes so that you're, you're prepared for it. And, you know, th we haven't even really talked about, and that's probably another show, although documents, we talk about traditional estate planning, you know, this is just before you die. Then there's a whole nother set of documents, you know, after you pass away. So, so you just got to be smart about it. Uh, you know, just don't try and grab something off the internet because it, oftentimes it's not, you know, you can read the document on its face and it sounds great. Everything in there sounds great, but there's like 47 things that are not in the document that you need. Right. So, so it's not necessarily just looking at the document. It might be a two page document. Yeah, that looks good, but you know, it doesn't have the digital asset clause. It doesn't have you allowed to get the safe deposit box. It doesn't have you allowed to change your retirement plans. I mean, we have statutes here uh, in Ohio in our in our uh, power of attorney statute that we there's something called hot powers in our 
in our documents that there's like six or eight powers that if you don't specifically mention them, your your attorney, your power of attorney doesn't get them. So, you know, it's stuff like changing, um, beneficiaries and retirement accounts and, and, and gifting and taxes. And so there's like six or eight of them that if you don't specifically mention them, you don't have them. So if you grab one off the internet, it's probably not going to have those six or eight ones in there. So, and, and it's usually, you, you can imagine those six or eight topics are the most important ones, right? So uh, they want to make sure that people don't just give a general power where they're saying, hey, you could do everything I could do, but if these specific ones, we want to make sure you sign off on them. So, and we've had right. a case uh, where, um, and this was, it was kind of odd because the power of attorney was drafted before the statute changed, and it was a case where, um, they wanted to change the beneficiaries on a retirement account and the um, institution says, well, you know, it's not in the power of attorney. You, don't, you can't change it. Oddly enough, they were allowed to close the account, open a new one and put new beneficiaries on it, but they weren't allowed to change the old beneficiaries on the old one. I mean, it's just silly stuff like that. So, so you want to avoid all this because, you know, if you get into any little, hassle, who are you going to call? You're going to call your attorney and it's going to be like, there's hardly any ever a case that this is not going to be five, six, seven hundred thousand, two thousand dollars when you call the attorney, right? Because like, if I got to go down to court for a half a day, it's expensive, well, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to charge for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, you know, and they're like, oh, why do you, look, I could be working on other stuff, right? If I didn't have to leave my office for four hours, I could be working on other other client stuff. So, and and we all look, we all got to feed our families and pay our employees and pay the staff and the overhead. So, yeah, um, can't just do all this for free. So, and then a lot of the times, uh, you know, it might be that you're trying to do some Medicaid planning, and we want a you know a really good power of attorney so that they can do that type of planning because some of that planning, you know, is taking assets out of your name, gifting them to the family. So if you don't have the, uh, that type of language in your power of attorney, you're not going to be able to do that. And that might cost you tens of thousands of dollars. Like if you could have qualified for Medicaid, if you could do A, B, and C, but the power of attorney doesn't let you do A, B, and C, you know how much nursing homes that we talked about on the show. It's, you know, $10,000 oh, yeah. $10, a month. So, yep. so they, they would say, well, you know, well, we can't do it. Well, we can't do it anymore because the person you're doing this for is incapacitated and he can't sign a new power of attorney. So you yeah. might, you know, you might be out tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars because you couldn't get him on Medicaid because you couldn't remove the assets out of his name timely enough. So, so it's just, it's, it can be a nightmare. So you know, just do the right thing. Talk to an estate planning attorney and, and then talk to an attorney who does this. You know, you don't go to your, you know, you don't go to your ear doctor to get heart surgery, right? So don't right. go to the divorce attorney to do your estate plan, you know, and I, Vice versa, right? I don't, I don't no. do divorces, right? So, no, yeah. So you just want to be um, smart about this because it's too um, expensive to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to make th those are expensive mistakes to make and emotional and waiting. I think obviously the biggest mistake people make is not dealing with this ahead of time. And you've said that, and you see that time after time. So what should our listeners do out there? They can just give you a call, right? And yeah, set you can call our office. 440-886-3550. Uh, our law office number is 
like that's only 1040. Yeah. I love that. So, um, and you just never know what's going to, like we probably mentioned this maybe off the air, you know, my ex brother-in-law just several months ago had a heart attack, fell off a roof, died. I mean, he was in, in oh. you know, for, um, he was in, um, intensive care for like a week and the, you know, on life support and I pull the plugs and done. So you just like, it's not because you're 83 years old. It could happen at any age. So, uh, just, it doesn't cost a lot to do them in the long run. So just get them done. And, and how else we could say that. So, right. And, and then the other concern is people put their uh, children's names on, on things thinking that this will, um, alleviate, you know, mom, I put the son's name on a bank account because then he could sign checks and all that kind of stuff. But that's not a real good way to do it either. So, you know, let's say no. Tony, you and I, uh, uh, we have a bank account together and you know, it's really all my money, but I'm putting you on just so, you know, if something happens, you could go in and, and access the account. Well, what if you get in a car accident, Tony? Yeah. I mean, you, that exposes my, that account. So once your name is on the account, you're an owner, everything, you bring that whole person's life in. So we've seen cases where, you know, mom puts the son's name on an account. Maybe there's several hundred thousand dollars in it and the son's getting a divorce. So now the, the ex-spouse's attorney is going after that account. You're like, well, that's mom's money. Well, your name's on it. It's been on there for five years. You must be one of the owners. You, legally, you are one of the owners. So you just don't want to have those hassles. So in that situation, it would be better if mom just gave the son a power of attorney, said, look, this is not your money, but if something happens where you need to get access to the account, you have access to it. So, Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's really important to get a plan in place. And again, it's easy. They can just call and meet with you. Um, great show today. Uh, why don't you let our listeners know one more time before we go how they can get a hold of you? You can call us at 440-886-3550. That's the Brookside Tax Line. Uh, the law office line is 216-485-1040. And the websites are uh, brooksidetax.com or anselmolaw.com. So... We're out there, so find us. Well, thanks, Chris. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial. Thank you for listening to Road to Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Chris Anselmo from Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Call 440-886-3550 or visit them online at brooksidetax.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Brookside Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Brookside Tax and Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. Chris Anselmo and Brookside Tax Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.